Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Not the Farmer's Wife. Um, I have a guest today. I know I don't normally have a guest, and uh, we're having a little bit of a chuckle here because we're sitting here with a um, glass each of Jack Daniels. Which one is it? Tennessee Fire. Tennessee Fire, which is the cinnamon whiskey. Um, and uh, the Handy Helper drinks his with Coke. Uh, uh, <laughs> I drink mine straight with my lovely cold rocks that OJ got me for my birthday because my son knows me so well. Uh, I think it's still good no matter what way you drink it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> at the end of the day. But we're sitting here. Uh, we have no kids in the house. Uh, it's late on a Saturday night and we've just sat down to our first glass after finishing all the farm chores. And given the topic that we're discussing this week, I thought the handy helper might like to sit in because he has a lot of um, good stuff that he can give to this topic. So I thought it would be a good idea to include him. Um, even though we joke about the whole not the farmer's wife thing, at the end of the day, uh, without the handy helper, I would not be able to run 120 acres on my own. I can happily hand on heart say that. Uh, so... Before I get into this one, uh, if you aren't already following me, make sure you are following me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, which is where I'm most kind of, you know, doing most stuff. Uh, but if you're a TikToker or a tickety talker, as I heard somebody say the other day, uh, jump onto TikTok because I'm trying to upload as many videos as I can there about the different things that we do around the farm. Um, and there might be some, some regulating to this topic that get loaded up soon because... There's one that we want to do real soon with some excavation work. And uh, I'll take some videos of that if we do that. So this week we are talking about DIY projects. And as some of you would be aware, I am a little bit frugal. Frugal. <laughs> some people think I'm a bit of a Scrooge. Um, I think that I'm just frugal. And I think frugal is a really good word. I don't think frugal's nasty i have a word for it but i don't know whether i'm allowed to say it or yeah not. well yeah i always mark them as sweared because i have oh, a potty mouth and tight ass. <laughs> that's not even that bad that doesn't even require me to to block it off um yeah i'm a tight ass i will not spend money if i don't have to spend money now look for most people that are aiming for the kind of lifestyle that we live here which is trying to be as self-sufficient as possible you have to recognize that every dollar that you spend uh, every dollar that you save is a dollar that you don't need to earn and so that means <laughs> simple math the less you spend the less you have to make and because we at the moment both work off farm jobs but we're trying to get to a point where one of us probably me will work on farm and the handy helper will just work off farm. Um, so obviously that kind of concept, um, if we if we curb our spending, then we could and do things that we could ourselves, then we're going to be saving a lot of money. So we're we're both fans of DIY projects. I think you are as well. You'd like doing them. Oh, I love 
stuffing around with things. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not like when it's not like we hate doing it. And I think if it was a chore and you hated doing it, uh, then it probably wouldn't um, float your boat. You'd be like, no, I'll just pay somebody to do it. And if that's the case, that's fine too. But if you like the idea of doing DIY projects, um, certainly for us, there's tasks on the farm here that we can pay somebody to do and we don't. The Handy Helper and I have worked out how to do them ourselves and in doing so, we can then save some money and put that towards other things that we deem are more important. So things like you know fiddling around with the gas tanks, yeah. we, we don't necessarily, we won't, we'll do certain things ourselves, but we will also hire somebody to come in and fill around with the gas lines because gas lines are tricky and a lot can go fucking wrong. They, they can be stuffed up very quickly. Yeah. And it would be ugly be when that happens. Day. It would be a really bad day. So there's certain things that we deem to be above our level of expertise and that we can't DIY it. And we'll get somebody in for that. But if we can maximise the value of every dollar that we earn on the farm, uh, when we reduce our farm expenses, the money that we make here will stretch even further, uh, which allows us to focus on the things that we really, really you know, want to spend money on. I mean, our next couple of big chores will be, um, well, we've got to get our lovely milking cow um, who's ready to go to the bull. We've got to get her pregnant. Uh, but I also want to get some more potty calves. Remember we talked about getting more? Yep. Because yeah, beef, I mean, we eat beef. We are, you know, um, both Handy Helper and I are big meat eaters. Um, my kids are big meat eaters. And because I've been doing the carnivore stuff, um, certainly having our own beef cattle that we raise would be great. But also being able to sell it and then reinvest that money into the farm would be good too. So we're going to go through a few things. And as I said, the handy help is here because he is definitely the muscle in the, in the show. You wouldn't say uh, disown me. <laughs> you have more muscle than me. Um, but uh, he also has... Um, and I don't know that he expected it when he moved in with me eight years ago, but uh, he's definitely learned to do things for himself. So he's a bit of a DIY champion now with things that perhaps, you know, as a little boy from Cronulla, he didn't think he was going to be doing now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the first things that we want to talk about was um, the basics of kind of carpentry, plumbing, electrical skills for, in regards to farm and home repairs. And certainly, um, you know, I, I would say that both the Henny Hopper and I are not super safety conscious kind of people. Um, when I make soap, I don't wear goggles. I do wear gloves because I don't want to burn. I've burnt myself previously with the lye, with the caustic soda, and I don't want to do that again. But sometimes we um, make the fuck up and hurt ourselves. And then, then from that, we learn Sorry, about the safety. rephrase that. I make the fuck up and hurt myself, <laughs> and, and uh, you laugh at me. And Henny, how about what have you done where you fucked something up before? I I recall a, a particular Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, cut the tip of my finger and went all the way through to the bone. That yeah, was very interesting. Sitting in a hospital on Christmas Eve. Yeah, what about the other Christmas Eve? I think that was regarding a um, screen door that you were repairing. Yeah, screen door. That went down well too. Fiberglass fly screen is very sharp, so I've worked out uh, when I nearly took my other finger off. It's uh, yeah, it cuts quite easily. So, do you think it would be fair to say that gloves for certain jobs? Oh, gloves are for amateurs. <laughs> 
this is not a safety briefing, people. Um, <laughs> I would say if you have the ability to wear gloves when you're doing a chore, that requires you to use power tools, sharp instruments. 100%. Uh, then go ahead and wear those gloves. Uh, we've got some really good gloves, and I can't remember the name of the... It was a lady from Goulburn, wasn't it? It was a lady she from was, Goulburn. She had those gloves. She and was selling them at Floriard at Canberra. Put, put one on her hand and then sliced it with a razor blade. And, and never went even, never even left a mark. Yeah, so the Handy Helper and I both have a pair of those gloves because the, that lady was a very convincing saleswoman yes. in that we have both cut our hands quite badly. Yep, um, really, I'm, really I'm, tightly woven wool and I'm still carbon fibre glove. I'm still sporting a, a fairly decent cut hey, on my hand from means. having a fight with a glass jar at the fridge. Um, but both the Henny Helper and I have cut our hands pretty bad. So safety gloves, a lot of people say safety goggles. I tend to not wear goggles for everything, but if we are out chopping firewood, um, I will wear goggles. And I am a bit of a stickler for the kids wearing hearing protection and goggles if we're out operating machinery. Things like chainsaws and stuff like that, um, safety gear is a priority. Yeah. Um, I've got special pants that I wear. Yes, you do, don't you? Yeah. I forgot about those. Yeah. yeah. So they're like a, um, not, they're not resistant to the sharp. They're not resistant, so. but they, um, if you clip them, clip yourself with the chainsaw, it jams the chain so yeah. the chainsaw can't spin. Yeah. Um, which can save you big time. And certainly, given where we live, and if you're the kind of person that wants to live off-grid, you're likely going to be in a location where um, emergency services won't always come to. So for us, the ambulance won't actually come out our road. Our next-door neighbour had a, a young lad injure himself on his property, and they sent the helicopter out. Mm. Um, but any time anybody has been hurt, they get them to drive to the end of the dirt so that they're on tar road and the ambulance meets them there. So it's it's not something you want to be doing is sporting a chainsaw wound and trying to drive into, you know, 10Ks. Um, or what's 10Ks in miles? Because I've got a lot of American listeners. What is that, four miles? About five miles. Five miles, five yeah. Five and a half miles. Yeah. So you don't want to be driving that far with a chainsaw injury just to try and get an ambulance to attend your location. Um, so safety is definitely a must when you are especially if you're out like we go to cut wood and we are not even in mobile phone reception range so we're up over the back of our paddock and uh, so it's always a good idea to have two people there so if one person gets hurt you've got another person who can manage the situation and I won't let the kids go with the handy helper on his own because my concern is that if he gets hurt they will panic and they won't be able to drive the car back down the hill and we're trying to get around that. We're trying to teach them now to drive so that that's not an issue. But they, I still worry that they'll panic. Um, as a kid, I watched my mum chop her finger off <laughs> and um, and had to drive her, as I would have been about 14 or 15, I had to drive her 55Ks. Oh, no, more than that. It was 55Ks to the bus stop. So it was about 70Ks to the hospital. And I had to drive her in because she couldn't drive with her finger chopped off. And my brother was a little bit put off by the sight of blood and passed out. So I drove her in. So not something you want to do. Now, a couple of things that we also would say, and I think you'd agree with this handy helper, is uh, start small. 
Start with the basics. Definitely. Start small. What kinds of things do you think people could start with? I'm going to have a little slurp of my whiskey. Oh, good on you. <laughs> um, um, what could they start with? That, what do you think? Like, given you, you weren't a carpenter and you weren't used to building things, what were good projects that you started with where you kind of got a bit of a feel for what you were doing and worked out? You know, um, I think a little... Um, I made nesting boxes for the chicken coops to start for. Oh, start you did with. too. Because they didn't have any nesting boxes in them. The Tooks used to lay eggs wherever they felt like it. Yeah, they did. They um, were a bit haphazard. They were a bit haphazard. Yeah, we made some nesting boxes, I think, was the first thing and we And do tackled. you remember, the small farm at Gunning, you made a raised bed for me to grow veggies in up in the orchard. I did too, yeah. 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 Garden beds are nice and simple. And and the fencing yeah. around the orchard as well. You do fencing because we had the chook the run. Time. So yeah. we, in on our small farm in Gunning, we had an orchard area. There was lots of fruit trees on this property. Mm. And we built a um, chook run around the orchard so that the chooks were basically able to forage any fruit that fell from the trees and it helped keep the pests down. Because we, you've heard me talk about before that chickens keep pests down. What was the name of them bugs? Oh, the um, codling moth. Codling moth. Codling moth. We had apple trees, and codling moth is the enemy of apple trees. And the chooks absolutely love them. And the chooks annihilated them, and my apples came back, and we had amazing apples, didn't apples, we? Apples, pears, peaches, yeah. tenfold. They yeah, went it went berserk with the chooks in there. So you did the fencing around that too, did didn't you? Did the fencing, and we moved, oh. we moved the original chicken coop up into the orchard. You did too. It used to be a carpet. We dragged and we it, didn't you? Yeah, we dragged it, my God. Yeah. Um, it was sort of like a makeshift shed carport yeah. thing and we dragged it from one side of the property to the other into the orchard and then built the fence around it. Mm. Um, so the chooks, every time and you open the gate, the chooks would go straight into the orchard. Didn't you build, oh, on the back of it, you built the back goat, of it we had the the goat, goat shed. bale. Yeah, the milking <laughs> bale and, and goat shed for birthing. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that was the very first year we had the goats. the year we had the goats. Yeah, so when Hazel and Willow came to live with us, they were already pregnant and the handy helper built a shed that they could birth in because we wanted to be able to keep them safe because it was their first time kidding and we didn't know how time. they'd go. It was our first time. Well, not my first time kidding, but my first time kidding in a very long time hmm. and everybody else's first time kidding and, and certainly their first time kidding. So Definitely we wanted more. to... <laughs> yeah. And that was an experience that hmm. we'll go into another day. Um, so uh, what about the next thing I've got on my list is plumbing and electrical issues. Now, <laughs> electrical issues, can I just say, I'm terrible with electrical issues and I will absolutely pay an electrician to come and do electrical issues any day of the week. Um, I have zapped myself and I have electrocuted myself on one occasion as a kid yeah. on a fence um, where I actually passed out like that kind of electrocution level. So I'm a little bit nervous around electrical stuff. You're 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 a little bit better than me, but do you agree that electrics is probably something best left to? It depends on what you're doing. If um, obviously if you're hooked to power, mm -hmm. as in two forty volt, uh, I wouldn't play with that at all. That stuff really hurts. Mm. Um, That's true, it's and shocking. Course, because yeah, yeah, well, not me out, um, uh, but we're off grid, so but yeah, different story when you're off grid because um, most of your intake through battery packs and solar and stuff like that is um, either twelve volt, twenty four or forty eight volt. Still give you a good boot, um, mm. but uh, until it goes through. The, the transformer into the house 
to supply 240 volt. Um, it's quite easy to work with yeah. uh, and work around. Like I, I have a basic knowledge of automotive stuff with 12 volt um, and the off-grid setup in here is very similar. Yeah. So uh, hooking up extra batteries and working out all that sort of stuff um, didn't take too much to, to work it out. Few little things I had problems with um, that I looked on good old Google. Um, <laughs> what and Google? YouTube. Uh, <laughs> oh, YouTube, the YouTube is fantastic. Videos. <laughs> YouTube videos are fantastic um, to to work out little problems. There was a couple of little niggling problems that we had, and um, and then we worked them out. Yeah. So with batteries, especially batteries. Um, for people who know how to make a 48 volt battery mm. by joining all the 12s together, four 12 volt batteries run in parallel in series. You know what we might have to do? It's we might have to do a we whole do episode. Well, yeah, but we might also do a whole episode just on off-grid off power. power. Yeah. Because so many people ask me about it and, and they do the whole... But you don't, you're not completely off-grid. We like, are completely we off-grid. We are completely off-grid. We actually have power lines that run across our property... And the electrical company, I don't even know who it is now because it's been so long since I've had to deal with oh, them. Names but they, um, they come out once a year, roughly, yeah. to check to make sure that there's no trees growing under the power, power lines, lines that run across our property. Now, our property is a narrow rectangle and um, it's 120 acres and the power lines, what do you reckon? It's probably Would a it good be 300 metres? Uh, I reckon it's oh. probably about 300 metres. That lot? That far? Yeah, from one boundary oh, to the yeah, next. Oh, yeah, I guess, because it goes um, over the hill there. It's probably about 300 metres, but they're, and they're a good 40, 50 metres off the ground. Yeah, so there's no um, trees. And we, keep, up. and we keep the trees. We make sure the trees aren't going to grow yeah. under them. But they come out once a year and check to make sure there's no trees growing under there. Yeah. And they always say, oh, but you're not on grid. And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. great. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay electricity bills. Yeah. Um, okay, so plumbing issues. Let's talk about plumbing because we'll, we'll do a whole episode on solar at some point. Yep. Plumbing, because plumbing, you and I both. Plumbing's, it's, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I love doing it. It's, uh, no, hang on, hang on. You love doing it. <laughs> but let me remind you, let me remind you of gunning. Oh my and the god. blocked pipes. Oh my god! And that um, was that was not off grid. We weren't on septic. No. That was just that we had an old house, an old we, farmhouse. We had an old farmhouse, and uh, as people would know, with old houses, sewage in old houses was terracotta pipes. Yes. And terracotta pipes break. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some major issues with the house at Gunning, and. I think between you and me, we excavated the whole backyard. Do you remember? To find the pipe. Oh, my, I remember. So, we had a blocked pipe and there was an issue. The toilet kept backing up, which you don't want a toilet backing up. We not had with, three toilets. Not with, not with four in kids the in the house and three toilets in the house. It, we did not want the toilets backing up and they were backing up. So, the handy helper went off and he went to our local hardware store and they did not have the supplies and he had to well, travel they, had, they did they had no you had to go into town we we originally ages. yeah we originally um we excavated excavated so much of the pipe and i ended up having to get a new piece to put in it um i had to go to town to get it um and i dug where you didn't were away. work it didn't work because we worked out that the uh, U-Butte pipe, which was about four inches in diameter terracotta... It was different size, wasn't it? It went down to like a three-inch pipe yeah. because someone had done something to it. But and changed instead the pipe of doing sizing. It, instead of doing it properly... 
They just and during it. the pipe, they shove the three-inch pipe inside it and then shove concrete around it. And so, gr- gross, gross alert coming, just in case you're really, really... Uh, but excavating a sewage pipe that kids have been using, and at the time, the handy helpers, two children were out visiting, and we had four children in the house, all using toilets. Mm. And I think it might have been school holidays, because we were all home. Yep. And they'd all been using the pipe. They'd all been using the toilets, and uh, they don't. Kids, anybody that's a parent knows, kids don't flush properly. They fucking they half hold the button down. They jam so much toilet paper in the toilet. So I, I feel sorry for any janitor that deals with school toilets because I could imagine okay. what it's like. Anyway, so we had it backed up. Now I don't think either of the girls were at an age where they were menstruating at that point. No, so the one saving grace was. Because I am very much an alternative lifestyler and use alternative sanitary products and don't use your standard mainstream ones. So the only saving grace for us was we didn't have a pipe full of tampons. Yeah. That's probably the only yeah. saving grace. Because we had a pipe full of shit. It and was, and it was overflowing. It and was it was bad. broken. And so we ended up we had an area where I was scooping buckets of shit out of the area. As the handy helper was digging, I was scooping the buckets out and taking them down the very back end of our paddock and tipping them down the back end away from our veggie gardens because mm. I didn't want to contaminate anything. And I think when you went into town, I kept digging for you and kept yep. shoveling. And I was out there for like an hour. And he came back and he was like, oh, my God, you've dug it all. That's fantastic. But then he had to refit the pipe. And that's when we worked out that we had two different size I, pipes. I ended up digging probably about another eight or nine foot in length. Um, and these trenches that the pipes went down were well over a metre deep. Now, and it was like clay. It was so oh, hard. I've just remembered something. It was Anzac Day. So it for those for those people that live overseas, that are my overseas followers, um, Anzac Day is an Australian holiday that is very well respected and we all have the day off. If Unless, you know, Handy Helper and I both work in jobs that are services jobs. So we do have to work on public holidays occasionally. But... We both had the day off that particular day mm. and we'd actually been to dawn service that morning and come back and had this issue with the pipe. And it was a, because it was a public holiday, we couldn't have called a plumber anyway. And I think I ended up calling a plumber um, because the pipe issue was so significant. Remember yeah. we called that guy yeah. and he said, I will come out the next day. So the very next day after Anzac Day, he came out. And I think it was about 250 bucks he charged us. And the only reason it was so cheap, it would have been close to a thousand, but he said because we'd excavated all of the soil around the pipe for him, he didn't have to do that. And that labor side of it is what normally they would charge for. So this is another thing as far as DIY stuff. If you can do part of the work for somebody, but still have to pay somebody who has that specialist or expertise level, then you can still reduce your costs. So... I think we spent half a day, which, you know, if we were, we if we were, at, work, if we were at work, that would be a lot of money, but yeah. we were on a day off. And so it only ended up costing us about 250 from the plumber to fix the pipe. Yeah, well, he come and put what they call a, an eel down the pipe um, to see if there was any blockages in it. And he got halfway in and it wouldn't go any further and we couldn't work out why. Mm. Um, he downsized the cutter on the pipe. Mm. Um, and got it into the three-inch pipe. Oh, that's right, yeah, into the smaller pipe, Um, yeah. And he knew that, he said to me straight away that there was a step down somewhere in the pipe. 
Um, and we run the eel all the way through to the main out the front. We could actually hear it underneath the concrete. That's right, we could too, yeah. It went under the shed, thank yeah. God, because there was concrete there. Yeah. We could actually hear through. it going all the way down to the main pipe. Yeah. And he said there's a problem in the step down. That's when we excavated another yeah. eight-odd foot, and then I found it and went, holy shit. So we were plumbing, plumbing is something that we can do. We can do that. We can do. And, we can do that. And so for those that are thinking about off-grid stuff... Uh, we currently now on the big farm are on a septic tank and the septic tank we've had pumped once in three years once and that was right at the beginning of the time that we got out here because it was fairly full when we got here so yep. we had it pumped so that we knew what, what our starting kind of point was yep. now since then we've had an issue with the pipe but the issue with the pipe wasn't actually with the pipe it was with the septic tank wasn't it yes it was there was there was a bit of a blockage that was not flowing There'd been some issues with water, not there was, enough water going in. There was in. not enough water going into it. And it, uh, uh, to put it bluntly, it, shit turns into concrete. Yeah, it went no rock water. hard, didn't it? It went rock hard and it block, blocked the End flow pipe. between the two two tanks. Yeah. So, so we had to put water in there, didn't we? Yeah, to, to flush it. it. Yeah. We had to put heaps of water in it and it sounds absolutely gross, but take the top off the tank and, pardon the pun, bash the shit out of it. <laughs> Um, to get the pipes free between the two. Once we did that, wow, did it go. And it let go a little quick. And certainly for anybody who is thinking about living off-grid, I think it's pretty safe to say, from our perspective, of what we've done for the last three years with being yep. on septic only, um, if you can't handle having to clean a bit of shit up, probably don't live off-grid. <laughs> because every now and then, you will have a problem with a pipe or a septic system. And... If you are not prepared to pay somebody to come out, and, and like I said, we live so far out that paying a expert to come here yeah. would would cost a lot more than the average. Yeah. So th those kinds of things we can do ourselves. And let's face it, it's a little bit of shit. It's... <laughs> I put it there. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. It, it, it's bodily it waste. Um, and certainly, I mean, I would love to have a system like... Uh, what there's an Australian company here that do a, a system called biogas and I would love to have a biogas system the problem is for biogas systems where and so biogas if you don't know it's you put either food or um, toilet waste into a large um, plastic it's basically a plastic bladder is the best way of describing it mm. I think um, and the gas that builds up as that decomposes and breaks down is enough gas for you to fire a gas burner in your kitchen. So, it would be a win-win. Continuously. You're basically mm. shitting into a tank, a bladder, or putting food scraps into a bladder, mm. and that bladder then forces gas out that you cook on. Yeah. So, your it's shit... It sounds gross, but it works perfect. But your shit is giving you the ability to Methane cook without gas. having to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome yeah. system. But unfortunately, for those people that are considering that kind of thing, and if you live anywhere north of about Newcastle in Australia, mm -hmm. or for people in the states, I would say it'd be, have to be the very southern states, so Texas, uh, California, um, probably South Carolina, maybe. I don't know whether they get frosts there. But we can't have that system here because we get too many frosts. Mm. And... The biogas systems, the tanks, the bladders have to be kept at a certain level, uh, temperature-wise. They can't 
they, they don't cope well with frosts. So it would be a great system, but we can't use it. So we have to do a septic tank. So if you are in a climate where you get frost or snow, you have to do a septic tank. And I've not dealt with a septic tank in a snow environment. We get frost here, but the frosts it aren't gets, significant. It does get cold here, despite what people think. We've had snow. We've had snow. America and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I know you guys work opposite to us, Fahrenheit and degrees and Celsius or whatever it is. Yeah, but it's... But we get down to... Uh, we're in the minus 10s. Yeah, into minus 10. Um, Celsius. Celsius, that is, which yeah. Which I think is, I'm, I want to say 20 degrees. Oh, no clue. 20 degrees um, Fahrenheit. Freaking cold, put it it's that way. It's cold. Um, um, so if you, depending on whether or not you, if you're in a snow environment, I would think that in a snow environment, you'd have other considerations for a septic. Yeah. Um, because you'd have to concern yourself with the fact that the shit is going to freeze. And just as a side note, when I travelled through, years ago, I have travelled quite a bit, and when I travelled through Tibet and trekked up to base camp on the Nepal side of of Everest, uh, there was outhouses along the way that we had to walk past, walk through, and so every time you wanted to go to the toilet, you had to use one of these outhouses. And they all had scenic views. They were really pretty. They'd, you'd be sitting on the toilet and looking out over these huge mountain ranges leading to Everest. But one thing I noticed was the shit freezes because it was really, really fucking cold. Oh. And so shit freezes and you would have these towers of shit underneath your ass. So you'd sit down to squat. They were squat toilets. And you'd sit down to squat and there'd be this mountain of shit under your ass where as the shit landed even though it was warm coming out of your body it would land and, and it would freeze right in place so it was like a what's those things called that hang from the roof that icicles stalagmites stalagmites okay so what's the one that goes up mites go up or something tights go down oh, i don't I know remember. either either but so it's it, it was like a stalactite mm. of shit coming out of the <laughs> so i think if you had a septic tank that would be another consideration for you is how to deal with frozen shit mm. <laughs> that's one way of putting it how to deal with frozen shit anyway all right we've enough shit talk let's move on to something else so uh, the next one is um doing your own fencing and um also animal shelters and things like that now You've done some fencing recently, and I was very impressed. I have to say, the handy helper did brownie some fencing. Points. Yeah, got brownie points. Definitely. I think I brought him in and cooked a nice meal for him, and there might have been a little bit of you know, adult time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we fenced our... We have a buck, Rocky. You would have heard me talk about Rocky, who's our Anglo-Nubian buck, who is just an absolute dream of a buck. Yes. He is such a lovely goat. Uh, but we had to. We have to have a secure area for him. And unfortunately, like most bucks, he's very inventive. Well, like most goats, he's very inventive in escaping. He's Harry Houdini. Anybody who's had goats <laughs> will know. And I think I've posted a few things about you know goat fencing and how it has to be like Fort Fucking Knox. Oh, so <laughs> Texas prison. Yeah. So <laughs> poor old Rocky kept escaping. So the handy helper had to go and fence him in. Now his paddock. Um, it kind of half borders our major big dam that we have. And so I said to her handy helper, because, you know, in my wisdom, I come up with these great ideas. We need to fence it to the edge of the dam and into the water because that way the goats, the buckyard, will always have access to water. We never have to worry about water for him because he has access to water. Goats don't like water and they won't swim. So 
keeping the fence right up to the edge of the dam means that he can have access to water, we can have access to the dam from the other side, and he's still trapped in by this fence. Mm. How good was it building a fence into a dam? Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I Sp- thought you did really well. Especially leeches on the edge of the dam. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. I want to have a piece of you while you're trying to do stuff too. But no, it was a, it was different, that's for sure. I had to... Um, put the the main big strainer post actually out into the dam i went about a meter into the water Mm -hmm. and drove it into the ground in the water yep and started the fence from there that way i knew that he wasn't going to try and get around it but then what Um, happened with the electric fence side of it the electric fence side of it (laughs) (laughs) because electric and water i'm just gonna hazard a guess it's not a good mix um the electric fence side of it i don't i think i let my eyes up about 10 times (laughs) Um, it was hard to get it right because I wanted the electric fence on one side in particular, um, which is the side that backs onto all the lovely uh, girls um, <laughs> that he loves standing there and making goo goo eyes at. Uh, I and wanted to ladies. make sure. He loves ladies. his ladies. They're a bunch of tarts, they are. Um, he loves uh, talking to the girls through the fence, so I wanted to make sure the electric fence worked on that part. But um, the amount of times that I went to move things on the fence and forgot to turn it <laughs> off, um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a heart starter, yeah, a bit of a heart starter. So, but but I mean, how much would we spend in fencing? Given what you've done in fencing for us, I how, did the I that think... fence over there. Oh God, the fed the fence just to fence him in cost me probably about 300 bucks for the fencing gear yeah uh, just for the gear the star pickets the fencing um i had an old gate which i used yeah um and i'm using stuff I, lying around that's what i want to say we'd spend a small fortune on fencing but to be honest folks i don't know how much we'd spend because the handy helper and i've never ever paid for fencing the only, we've always done it ourselves yeah we've i wouldn't know what what they charge to fence i wouldn't know i always do it myself yeah but um i just buy and, all and, the gear and do it and certainly we've made mistakes um our chook fencing around our chook yard is not currently electrified and well, just this afternoon hazel was the, in there the, the fencing around the chook yard wasn't our mistake <laughs> it was um what how many is there now one two the three, six four, goats, five, six. Yeah. The six goats that thought, oh, the tub of chook food looks good. We'll just all jump over <laughs> we'll the jump fence. jump over the fence and ruin and it. And ruin it. So uh, a flexible electric fence got bent to shit house. And and to um, be honest, goats and electric fences, it has to be a pretty good electric fence. It's got to be a good electric goat. fence because they do not care. No, they'll rub um, up against it. No, they'll rub against it. I think the only time that really gives them a crack is if they put their nose on it. Yes, then they um, seem to and jump. And then they have second thoughts about yeah. it. Um, but they brush their body on it and then lay on it until it's on the ground. Then all the other ones jump over. Yeah, to um, go in and get whatever yeah, the is in there. That, they can't yeah. get into the chook food anyway. So anybody that's thinking about keeping goats, just be aware that you probably need to be really good at doing your own fencing. Yeah. Uh, and um, I want to say... Not Fort Knox, but pretty close. It's got to be solid fence. Yeah. And it, it can't just be strands. They will climb through strands. Oh, it has to strands. be box fencing yeah. or K-mesh or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or chicken fencing. Um, that kind of smaller gauge fencing, uh, like smaller gauge yeah. holes. Otherwise, they will just go straight through it. Um, we have horn. All of our goats have horns, except for Miss Lucy. Miss Lucy. Um, mm. And so having the box fencing, you will get goats that get caught in the box fence. Box fencing as well. So they learn. They do learn. Yeah, they very get better quickly. At it. 
Um, once one of them gets caught in it, uh, they all sort of steer clear of it for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, um, Until another... <laughs> until somebody sick, forgets it. They're sick as a brick. Until yes. um, someone else shoves their head through it and, um, and does it. But um, the Angora goats are the worst for it because they have... Um, their horns are quite big and they're hooked. Long. They're hooked on the yeah. end. So they, they put their head through the box, but they can't get back out. They get stuck. They get stuck because yeah. their horns are so big. So fencing is something gruesome. that you definitely need to be able to do yourself, especially if you're having goats. Um, other animals, horses and cows, tend to not need as much. It doesn't have to be specialised for them. Uh, but animal shelters, we're, and we're just in the process of getting that sorted, aren't we? But you've yep. built a couple. You've built a mobile one for the buck. Built a mobile one for the buck. It's nothing flash, but it's shelter. Yeah. If it rains, yep, he jumps it in him, it. Yep. Because um, goats don't like gets rain. Him, don't like rain. Gets him out of the weather. Gets him out of the wind if he wants to. Um, it's mobile. So it's, we can um, move it's got wheels the on the bottom of it. I can grab hold of it and shove it around the paddock. Sometimes I'll stand inside it and stand up yeah, and, and lift it off the ground. Yeah. And I'll just walk it. Walk and from one side of the paddock to the other with it in the air. You also built my milking bale shed. Built the milking bale shed. Yeah, yeah, um, that was an unusual one. That one. That's, yeah. That was so slapped together. It wasn't funny. I know. And, and it's, it's, but it's um, done as well. Yeah. It's done. Um, as, it's shelter. It's solid. It. They go in there. Yeah. There's no issue. I wanted to do it as easy as I could, so we. Um, I went right up the back of the property, and I found a massive big gum tree <laughs> that was, wasn't big but really tall, and it was dead straight. And just cut and it. And I into dropped pieces. it, and I cut it into four pieces, and there's your four outer posts of the shed. Dug holes, dropped them in the ground, and started the build from there. And, so, and we are the the fucking queens of saving. Uh, metal corrugated iron and oh, reusing it, aren't we? <laughs> how, how often I've just about run out of it. I've got that I, much I was just going to say, how often have you bought corrugated iron, Shane? <laughs> um, I think the last thing I brought, I didn't actually buy a piece of corrugated iron. I brought the laser light. Oh, we uh, did. So that I could get a bit of light in the shed during the day. Yes. Um, and I did one bit. But um, I did. Uh, oh, is that laser light? Yeah, laser light around the back. Around the of back the, of, of the, the birthing of shed. The birthing shed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I used bits and pieces for the roof that I had laying around. Mm. I've just about used it all up. I found a shitload of it on the edge of the road one yeah. day when I was doing some work and, yeah. and, um, went and, and asked the lady if she wanted to get rid of it and she said, yeah, take it. I went, you beauty. We salvage so, anything that we can get our hands on. Yeah, I think I ended up getting about 10 to 15, three metre, three or four metre lengths yeah. of bloody corrugate yeah um, and using that been using that i'm just about run out of it now so i've done that many different jobs with it and so, can i i just want to before we go on to the last thing we're going to talk about we're going to finish when we finish talking about irrigation systems but uh the last thing i want to talk about on on the goat side of building uh is one thing that i think is your absolutely piece de resistance it's the thing that you built that i still look at and go holy fuck we done good. <laughs> the milking bowl. <laughs> you knew what I was going to say. That, so, that was thrown together for anything can we could I just find. Say, so I Pinterest like crazy and I had a look and went, oh my God, here's this awesome milking bowl, recycled milking bowl. And what bowl. did I say? Used... Oh shit. Yeah. As soon as I go, <laughs> I've got this really good idea. idea. The handy helper goes, oh fuck no. Anyway, <laughs> I said to him, we've got to build a milking bowl for the girls. So we... I think I don't even think we were using anything. I think I was just sitting on the ground and I found a coffee to table. With. No, I went to the green shed and got yeah. the coffee table. Twenty bucks for a coffee table at our gr local green shed, mm. and then I brought it home and I said to the handy helper, "This is what we're going to use for a milking bowl. I've got a Pinterest pin that I'm going to show you." 
and I showed him a Pinterest pin of this reclaimed coffee table milking bowl. And he sat there and looked at me and went, fuck, no. <laughs> and then went out to the shed and started scrapping together bits of material. And he built the most amazing milking bowl that it's still to this day, five years later, we are still using still the same it. milking bowl. The timber's going to rot eventually and, I've and collapse. thrown a few extra screws in it to hold yeah. it together. But it, um, <laughs> it might have been banged around going. a bit at times, but yeah. we it locks the girls' heads in solidly so yeah. that we don't have any issues with them they trying to get out of the milking bowl. jump up on it. Now, because the handy helper started working shift work, he has incorporated some like bungee cord kind of stuff at that end. Back leg straps. That's it. Yeah, so that I can lock in their legs. So when I'm milking one up on my own, I can milk without them kicking the bucket over. Mm. Um, But it is honestly, I think, our best DIY project we've ever done. It's um, it's stood the test of time. That thing. Yeah, and look, it's been out in the weather. It's been upside down. Yeah, it's been all over the place. We had We've it had gunning. it gunning. We've moved it here to Yes yeah, River. Threw it in the trailer and brung it over and, here and it's still going. And it gets used pretty much for... I milk for about six months, just over six months of the year. Yeah. Um, and it gets used for a solid six months every year for the last five use years. It, we use it until the oh, kids come but off. Then I also and then use we move it, it out of the shed. But then I also use it for when we're doing hooves. Hooves. So when we're doing hooves or giving injections. Yeah. They get locked into the milking bowl so that we can do that without them thrashing around. Mm. So that's, I'll post a photo. I might even use it as our cover photo for the for the podcast cover. Um, um, let me clean it first. Yeah, no, I've got a photo of it with one of the goats in it. So we might use that. So have a look at that. It is one of our best ever efforts on DIY. It's a ripper. So mindful of the time, we've got one last thing I want to discuss, which is irrigation systems. And for people that want to live off grid, all I can say to you is buy the biggest tank you can oh, definitely. and buy as many tanks as you can. Uh, now, that being said, we have definitely recycled tanks. We've recycled... We've tanks everywhere. And, and we use pretty much any plastic thing that yeah. will capture water, we will use to capture water. Yeah. Um, so if we, on the edge of the milking shed, um, there's no gutter, there's no drain, uh, but the water runs off a certain point. So we have a big plastic tub that sits at the end of that point yeah. and collects the water every time there's it rains. There's a gutter on it. There is a gutter oh, on that shed, yeah. but there's no end caps on the no. gutter. <laughs> yeah, so it just runs. So it either flows one way or the other, but it, it flows into a massive big water trough yeah. um, that the goats can, that they drink out of. But we, we, have, we have little tubs and tanks yeah. off the end of any building that we have, don't yep. we? Yep. One, mm. one roof off the house. Um, doesn't actually have a gutter and I've got I'm great at collecting eskies I've got eskies <laughs> everywhere um, that's chilli bins for those that bins don't know for eskies over the ditch people <laughs> yeah. um, I've got all the bloody eskies along one wall and they just fill up with water yeah when it rains and we just keep and we just use it use it for the dog troughs use well, it for everything Luna whenever Luna the Merrimer has her day off she's oh, out in the house the best block water ever. You and when she's her. out in the house block she goes straight to the eskies to drink the water out of it yeah. because that is the clean water yep, clean not water. the muddy puddle water um, but but what do we do as far as our um, our tanks up on the hill well there's one there is one tank up on the hill um, I think it's only about 10,000 litre tank yeah um, and it's our main feed for the house. So it sounds funny because it's up on the hill, but next to the house is a tank that's 110,000 litres. It's a um, big, it's a it's lovely It's a monster tank. of a we tank. Love it. And at the moment, it's only about 
half a foot from the top, so it's full. Yeah, it's uh, as full as it's been Courtesy so far. of the, the rain that we've had. Um, and we actually pump it to the one up the top. Um, sounds funny, but it works. Because um, it's gravity fed. Because it's gravity it? fed. So every time you turn a tap on, the pump's not working. If it's the heat of the day and the sun's absolutely blasting on the solar panels and everything, um, I've actually got the pump on a timer mm. and it runs... Um, in the run, middle of the day. Yeah, it runs for about an hour in the middle of the day um, and it just pumps to the, the tank up on top of the hill. And so just keeps that tank full so that we that never run out. And it's gravity fed. Yep. We do actually have another tank um, which is sitting up behind one of the goat sheds that's about 40,000 litres. No, I don't think it's not that big. It's like 25. It might be 25. It's bigger than the one on the it's hill. bigger than the one on the hill anyway um, that we originally moved out of the yard. It was the only tank on the house when we moved here. Mm. Um, unfortunately, previous owner. Unfortunately, previous owner <laughs> needed to learn how to back a car because back straight through it with the tow bar. I don't know how you I don't, don't know how the hell they did it, but they punched a big hole in it and it was patched. And so and they patched it and it was leaking slowly. Leaked. It was a shit. Yeah, so, so the handy help is going to repatch that. And I'm we actually, it probably... sounds really weird, but I'm going to get inside the tank and uh, and fix the hole and refiberglass from the yeah. inside. And that's um, something we could pay somebody to do, but we know no, that, I have a crack we know that we can do it <laughs> oh, no, without that it. cost. Yeah. And that then gives us a 25,000 litre, I think it is 25,000 yeah. or 30, something, 30, like, something that. like that. And we're going to put that up the top of the hill and use that as our gravity feed. Yep. So then for the household consumption, we will have 140,000 litres. And the 10,000 litre tank that's up on the hill already, we're going to pump that from the dam and use that as our animal feeding. Yep, gravity feed um, gravity for all feed the, to the animal animals. Troughs. So that we don't have to turn our current pump system. Mm. Because what happens with our pump system, honey? When you're away and I have to use it. Well, it's always out of fuel, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's always out of fuel. I so I usually get the freaking. phone call and all I can hear is <laughs> down the phone at me and I go, okay, all right, it's out of and fuel. So I have to turn it on. Then I have to remember which way to turn which the valve. Which valve to turn on to, to get the water the pump, up to the paddocks. To get the water up to the chook yard or to the goat yard or to the horse yard. <laughs> And um, it's usually a bit of a shit fight. It's quite amusing. It's, yeah, so funny. I'm <laughs> hysterical. I'm laughing my head off about it. Uh, but certainly one thing that we've noticed with water um, collection is that we do do all of that stuff ourselves. We don't yep. pay anybody to do that. We do it ourselves. There's no. not a lot that we can't work out. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of trial and error stuff. We, we have done other things when it comes to the plumbing. I had to add a bit in. Uh, obviously, the big tank that we put in uh, went into a different spot. Yeah. So we had to, I had to extend the pipe around to the back of that. We put the another to lead in. We put another tap out the back as well, which now runs to the washing machine. Yes. Um, so I right, had to tap that too. in. But um, we changed a few little things around. But plumbing but it, something, water plumbing is something that you have no problem with. No, you found, no drums with it all. It's, that really well. It's um, Bunnings is fantastic. <laughs> Um, our friends uh, you can get fittings for anything when it comes to the, the um, it's basically the house runs off really big irrigation pipe it's yeah. inch, inch the black, size the black irrigation yep, black irrigation pipe runs the whole house so all the water supply to the house runs through that black irrigation pipe mm. um, the only downside is um, 
It's usually pretty good, but with the cold snaps, sometimes yeah. it freezes. Yes. And it usually freezes. It usually freezes in a joint or yes. a joiner. Yeah. It's where it freezes. And we've we've had days where we've woken up in the morning, we've had no water, and I've walked yeah. outside with the jug because we learn and we fill everything up the night. <laughs> everything gets filled up of the night before you um, go to bed. Walked outside with the jug and poured it on the hose right on a fitting and you can hear the water go boof and go straight through it. Yeah. Um, and then we've got and water somewhere. we've got water again. <laughs> um, it's, pre- it's pretty good. But um, yeah, that's one thing we have learned being here is uh, we usually keep a whole heap of water bottles and we fill water bottles yeah. at night. And that's um, if you're off-grid and you are using a gravity feed system with external pipes coming into yep. your house, the best thing I can suggest is that you always keep water in the house in jugs. Yep. You can flush a toilet with a bucket of water. Water. Uh, so we also keep a bucket in our shower. Yeah. And it it's works pretty much any time we have a shower, particularly in the winter months, yeah. when we have a shower, we keep that water in the bucket in the shower. If we then don't have water in the morning, we can still flush the toilet because we just pour the water out of the bucket straight, straight down, the, down toilet, the toilet. And it's the same action as flushing. Yeah. And and to be honest, we're saving water. So yeah. it's a win-win. We, we stopped doing it for a little while, but it'll start doing it again. It's yeah. Just, um, and certainly through winter, we'll through do winter. it. Through summer, yeah. it's a bit different because we said, <laughs> and we've had so much rain in the last six months yeah. that we haven't needed to worry about water. But it is a good habit to get into to conserving water to do that kind of thing. Anyway, we are now well and truly past my 45-minute mark that I try and keep them to. So I think it's time for another Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. Uh, because certainly while we've been sitting here, both of us have managed to finish our Jack Daniels. My cup is empty. Yeah, my cup is empty too. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Handy Helper, for helping me today. My next um, <laughs> uh, conversation, I'm actually recording Monday morning at about 4 o'clock in the morning because that's the only time that I can speak to the person who lives in Canada. Mm. And uh, I can't wait to speak to her, and I can't wait to bring you that episode. And believe me, I will not be delaying it at all. You have been so excited about this. I know. I'm a little, really bit, I'm a little bit fangirl over her. Yeah. She's, You're a bit um, of a fangirl. Yeah. Well, she's, she's, she's a person who has farmers at heart, mm. and she really, truly believes that um, farmers are an essential service. And without farmers, as I always say, and I've even got a little shirt that I made on my print-on-demand store, in case you haven't been there, go there. It's www.notthefarmerswife.com. I have a little shirt there that says, without farmers, we'd be hungry, naked, and sober. And I really believe that that sober one is the bad one. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) Because naked, it's not going to bother me. It might bother everybody else. Hungry, I'd like to be able to eat. But my God, I'd be fucking mental if I couldn't drink. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, farmers are the bomb. Uh, anyway, on that note, I will leave you all to it and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Night. Bye for now. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.